everyone. Finical Magazine proudly presents to you the Finical Podcast. Finical Magazine is your daily source of financial and business news. We have now initiated our own podcast where we will discuss and talk about various concepts of business, economics, social, entrepreneurs, and anything and everything related to finance. We will also have entrepreneurs, industrialists, and financial gurus who will guide us and discuss all they do and all that they have learned and experienced throughout their journey. Our guest for today is Mr. Gaurav Mehta. Gaurav sir is currently the Chief Financial Officer at Silverpush. He was also the CFO at Denso International and WPP. He was also the Vice President Finance at the Publicist Group, the third largest communication group in the world. He guides young professionals in growing their careers. Good afternoon, sir, and thank you for joining us today. I welcome you to the Finical Podcast. Thank you very much, Sana. It's my pleasure to be here. Initially, being a doctor or an engineer was the prudent career choice. But over the past few years, finance as a subject and a career choice has boomed. Therefore, our topic for today is going to be finance mantras for students. And so I would like to start the podcast by asking you, are real-life finance jobs as exciting and fancy as depicted in movies? <laughs> not really. Um, not really, I guess. You know, I'm not a great movie fan, to be honest, um, Sana, but um, my perception, especially of the Hindi cinema these days, is what you get to see the accountants or the finance professional are stereotypically shown as someone who is helping the anti hero to launder money, you know, moving funds from one country to another. Far from reality, you know. Um, but finance jobs are exciting. I would not really compare to movies, but they are exciting. But only if you're really, really passionate about the field. You know, if you ask some of these more creative folks, you know, that uh, do you like finance? Probably you will find that to be a little boring subject for them. But but there is good entertainment, good challenge, and good sense of achievement as well when you're working in finance. Um, let's also accept a fact, you know, that most of these businesses. You know, uh, no matter what social or other causes are attached to it, but every business strives to make money, you know, and uh, who better than a knowledge equipped finance professional to steer the ship, you know. So, so I, I, I just do not uh, want to draw the parallels with the movies, um, but real life finance jobs are quite challenging and fast paced. Um, as you would expect in movies, there are always opportunities for growth, you know, in the finance field too. continues to remain one of the more stable career choices, you know, compared to all the fresh career options which have popped in now, finance continues to remain one of the um, more stable options. And the best part, obviously, it's, it's not industry dependent, you know, you can switch industries from aviation to marketing communication to medical to engineering to FMCG, you can, you know, find a place for yourself in all of those industries. So, so nothing like what my perception of movies is, but yeah, very exciting, you know. So, like a personal opinion, but I like the creative arts as well, and I'm also really interested in finance. So, I think for like someone who likes both the creative part and the finance part, it provides a good balance. That one side you can focus on your passion, and if you like number crunching, you ha- you have finance as an option. Absolutely. So, um, yes. See, one of the things I would like to mention here as well that you know, not just the finance professionals who are in the industry, but you see a lot of these new finance professionals now taking um, or you know amalgamating their passion of teaching as well. So they come on YouTube, they teach about their knowledge and stuff. So they're mixing their finance knowledge with their interest towards teaching. So creative plus their knowledge is a good combination. Here in that. That's really interesting. Like, 
as a new culture as well to combine your passion as well as a form of earning so when you were starting out what was your rationale behind choosing finance as a career um as we just briefly um, touched upon you know uh, back i mean two de- decades ago uh, there were not many options available you know we had very limited career choices i mean now you can pick up any for that matter you know you can you've got so many alternate career options now you know you can be a youtuber your copywriter content creator an online coach trainer plenty of other options are available now back then we didn't have many stable fields you know so either you could pursue finance or you could study medical to become a doctor or non medical for engineering or you had some of those glamorous roles like become a pilot or a cabin crew or a chef and pursue hotel management and stuff um i had to choose from one of those only i felt i was good with numbers i was a little shy and reserved too so i felt working in finance would keep me at the back end and uh, backed with my interest towards numbers that that's the whole thing which i thought was an apt choice for me you know but having said so i must also mention that the entire finance function has evolved so much in last two decades and there's nothing like a back end function anymore you know because now finance plays a very very pivotal part in any organization so to your question my journey um in finance started with an internship with an airline it was a 3 month summer internship with them i got to work with some of the very senior professionals out there in the industry understood the challenges you know which the industry faced um got to hear about real life mechanics of how the function was being managed learned various fragments of finance itself you know budgeting and financial planning payroll taxation and so much more you know over there so so no specific reason per se you know of why to choose finance as my career option but like i said very limited options available and this seemed to be the best one available for me you know right and i would like to ask that um since the now we've got like fashion also coming up and a global hospitality management and all that so do you think a combination of finance with them could be a new market in the future absolutely i mean like i previously mentioned finance is not dependent on any one industry so if yeah. you look at pilots you need to necessarily really be associated with aviation industry only similarly doctors you need to be in the medical field itself but finance finds a place across all industries whether it be fashion as you mentioned whether it be like i said fmcg industries or um, transportation or you know anything for that matter finance finds a place so it's always a good um, opportunity for a good amalgamation across different industries leveraging your finance knowledge you know right and uh So, so why did you take up finance a financial job in a high profile market like marketing and and advertising for this everything uh, <laughs> So um I worked for a decade almost a decade with aviation industry uh, the work was quite challenging it was um, it was quite interesting as well but I've always been you know um, very experimentative with my career and this thirst for experimentation led me to various different places you know so back then I was taking a little career break and um, I was exploring some good roles as well and right then a good opportunity in terms of a 3 months consultancy role came to work for an international media agency i had no clue of how media agencies function or what would be expected of me but i always knew media means always dynamic and fast paced industry and it just amplified my interest to experience that from up close and i also thought you know rather than spending uh, another few months sitting at home idle let's experiment this and see if these 3 months i could add some value to 
the role and to myself as well. So I took that role up. I could have just gone in and done the basic work, you know, as was expected of a consultant. But right from day one, I just gave it my all. I mean, I, I started liking uh, the kind of industry, the buzz, the speed at which, you know, it was moving. So I spent a lot of time with young people who were starting their career in the industry and with senior folks, you know, who were stabilizing and building the overall organization. Understood what challenges they faced, how could finance help, you know, in adding value and reducing some of the problems. So I started asking these questions um, and I think that's probably what was required and was the need of the hour as well because still that point for that role the finance was just basic and doing the basic stuff so so when it was um, seen from their side that somebody's questioning the status quo wants to make changes wants to make improvements I think that's what they also felt good about me and uh, even before the three months could end um, within a month and a half they offered me a full-time role and since then, there's been no looking back. I've loved working in the industry. Um, it's It's been more than a decade that I've been here. And this industry, this whole dynamic nature of work style has given me everything, you know, tremendous leaders to work with. I think we've got great leaders emanating out of this industry. The work environment has been very, very challenging, very, very satisfying as well. I made good friends along the way as well. People who helped me during difficult times, ample learning opportunities, <laughs> opportunities to express myself in my work and so much more you know I've, I've gained out of this industry so it just happened by chance a three-month role came my way but uh, it's become my life now this industry is is just me now you know? right right so since you were talking about status quo and you know you worked with a lot of students what are your views on students taking a gap year before going for their bachelor degree or probably for their master degree like well um you know during my early days i've made a lot of mistakes um, and I've learned from those as well. And I think every student is unique and they all think different. Doesn't necessarily mean that mistakes I made, they would also make the same mistakes or um, or uh, they would take as much time as I took to learn from my mistakes. No? So I think it's all, um, it, it all boils down to your appetite of taking a risk in life, you know, because I experimented quite a lot with my career. Um, not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I did experiment quite a lot uh, until I found my calling in this industry. But again, to every young aspirant i would um, i would recommend to focus tremendously on learning i think you want to take a break fine but make sure you utilize that time to learn uh, what you really want to pursue in future if you've got interest towards a specific field don't waste time you know um, binge watching television or uh, you know just not doing anything i think focus early on in your career in as much learning as you can and not just the technical side of learning i'm sure you can become good at technical side but learn to get along um, on these softer skills as well you know you learn to get along with people learn to express yourself learn to communicate better um, see how you can add value to somebody because once you are recognized as someone who brings with a lot of brings a lot of value to the table you will always be valued yourself as well you will always find a place for yourself in whatever you do and wherever you go so um so yeah i mean if you're starting a career if you are um, pursuing higher education always make sure that you um, learn more and try and add value to people's problems which you can solve by virtue of your learnings right one quick disclaimer um although it's easy to get carried away but don't run hmm. after money i think uh uh, money will come. It's just a byproduct. I've seen a lot of professionals, especially at early stage, switching jobs for higher pays. I think that is probably one mistake we all should avoid. If you find a good learning opportunity, an area where you feel you are 
growing your learning not just vertically but laterally as well laterally as well um i think stick to it and uh, um and learn more from it i think um, there's there's no um, thumb rule of what is right what is wrong but it works for you thank you for your insightful words the, we have there's this very popular mantra which keeps on floating around saying that you should always make money work for you so what advice would you like to give to students or youngsters and about financial planning from young age you're right um i think um, the previous generations depended only on a single source of income even the generation of mine up to a very large extent had only single source of income unlike the upcoming generations now where they also understand that although money is important there's another aspect which is more important which is your time and if you are giving and trading your time for money that's not the best deal so i think that's something which has gone into the heads of um the younger workforce now and i can't elaborate enough on why it's important to um, manage your personal finances well understand how finance works understand how you cannot trade your time for money and build alternate sources of income as well to not being dependent on a single source now um i am not recommending you work two jobs that may not be the right thing to do but there are plenty of avenues where you can make time without getting into conflict with your core or your primary work um you can invest in stock market for example spend time in the evenings or the weekends learn about stock market learn about trading learn about mutual funds and see how you can invest some portion of your income over there how you can try to build dividend income or any other passive source of income through the stock market um there are other avenues as well for investment but um, i think it's important for the young guns now to realize that it's not just a single income source which is going to work because the times are very fluid and uh, with a lot of new startups uh, not doing well you know people being let go uh, with single income source you always have that added pressure onto yourself that how would you manage your needs if you lose your job or the startup doesn't work well for you or whatever goes bad in that case so i think it's important to build a passive source of income ethically and there are plenty of opportunities available now if you just put in some time and effort i'm sure you'll learn all of that also so since you're talking about passive sources of income uh, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency nfts it's still very new um i do have some investment of mine as well in crypto um so to speak but surely it's very new i have not really risked all of it right now um i don't really pursue and follow that full fledged for now because it's again a very high risk asset class uh, but if someone really wants to invest some money into crypto or nft um i would surely expect someone to have some risk appetite that money that you're putting in into crypto if that goes if if that is doomed if that goes to zero then it should not affect your life in any which way if you're up for it i think you should surely experiment and risk that out right now but if you're saving money for any of your personal needs in the future for your higher education or anything else that you need that money for buying your house or whatever i would not recommend anyone at this early stage to put their money's into the crypto or the nft because it's very very unpredictable for now maybe we can wait for a few more months to see how it unfolds the indian government has decided to launch its own currency digital currency um things will streamline and um, more knowledge will come out you know as we as we go along but until then uh, 
exercise caution and uh, don't put all your hard-earned money or savings into crypto or nfts you know but isn't there a risk everywhere like even when you're investing in stock market there still is a certain percentage of risk involved so absolutely absolutely uh risk would always be there and i think without risk if you're just sitting in the comfort zone um i think growth becomes just stagnant i think you cannot grow without taking risk as well but risk need to be a sensible risk as well and in my opinion it needs to be a calculated risk as well you cannot dump all your money into one stock as well because you feel it will do well without doing your research if you've studied the stock well if you've understood the financials and the fundamentals of the organization and you know next 2 to 3 years is going to be really good for the business then you may take a risk of putting your money in there but just on the basis of taking some calls from here and there you obviously would not put in your money in any particular stock likewise you know crypto as well if you can study well if you can research well you understand the fundamentals of how crypto functions what are the future projects on various altcoins or even the um, the main coins we're talking of right now and how it's going to change the entire dynamics of uh, you know where crypto is going to be useful then yes sure do go and um, take that chance and take that risk but that will be a thought through calculated risk and not a random risk like that only you know right so while we're talking about risk is it better to have a 9 to 5 job or a uh, on like a firm of your own or a company of your own hmm yeah online we right now see a lot of debates going on you know of late about whether salaried professionals should leave their 9 to 5 jobs and start to work as entrepreneurs or build their startups etc etc i think it's very important to understand the fundamental and the basic reason behind that why do you want to start up in the first place if the reason is to make more money um i think that's a poor decision because um, i think that's that's what we've seen you know that you don't make good money especially in the early part of the startup when you're building right from scratch similarly uh, what's the other reason for you to start up you want to have uh, a control over your time you want to work as per your timelines again a poor decision in my opinion because um, once you start up you've got no off days you've got no saturday sundays you get to work 24 by 7 so i think those reasons are not persuasive enough or good enough for you to start up and choose entrepreneurship over a 9 to 5 but if you have a good enough reason a cause which drives you something that keeps running through your head all the time you know uh, you know a thought or an idea or a passion which does not let you sleep then it's i think a good enough reason for you to think on starting up by leaving your 9 to 5 or even starting to build your startup along with 9 to 5 and once you're at least at a decent stage then letting go of 9 to 5 um i just recently came across a gentleman i was speaking to him just yesterday only he's a chartered accountant and a company secretary and he was working for a very big audit firm as well one of his very close friends came very close to death due to mental health issues now um it probably you know um, could not have mattered to him as well but he felt hard hitting he, he felt uh, kind of uh, quite hardly he, he felt very bad you know of the way uh, this whole uh, whole thing unfolded and um, i think he made a purpose and a passion out of this as well to um, make sure he does something for people who are going through these mental health issues so he left his job with the um, big audit firm he bootstrapped invested all his savings into the startup and started an online therapy system for all those people who are going through mental health issues now he's not opened the startup for the sake of making more money um, he's not done this to spare some time for himself but because there was a good cause he could relate to he had a personal bonding or an attachment to this cause because of someone very close to him went through that and he wanted to make a change um, 
something in society, which really is the driving factor. So a good enough reason, in my opinion, to um, launch a startup and, you know, think of exploring avenues outside your nine to five. A very subjective discussion. Um, I'm not saying nine to five is good or a startup is good. I think it's all a very, very individual decision to make. I've remained working in nine to five. It gives me my time, my flexibility to pursue my interests in my leisure. So it works for me. Um, but if I was to have a good passion in mind beyond money and time, only then I would think of, you know, um, going for um, entrepreneurship. Otherwise, at least for me, my personal opinion stays, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. You know, I think what matters at the end of the day is that you're happy. Any human being is happy with what they are doing irrespective. So since you're talking about mental health issues, um, when people work, when they start with their work, they do have issues with motivation. So how have you motivated yourself through your work? Um, you know, I read this quote. <laughs> I read this quote sometime back. I'm not able to recollect that fully. That someone said the motivation doesn't last for long. What do we do? The other person responded back, neither does bathing. So you do it daily, right? So the way you take a bath daily, you keep motivating yourself daily in that case for that to stay with you and um, I don't think honestly uh, motivation is something um, um, which which can stick to you all the time I think it really comes from your deep beliefs itself you know I remember in my early childhood I really used to give a lot of trouble to my parents to wake up early in the morning to go to school but when there used to be cricket matches the cricket world cup in Australia which used to get telecasted in India at 4 a.m in the morning I didn't need any wake up call or an alarm to get up at 3 45 I was just up and ready to watch those matches because it had my interest and my passion to watch that so i think that's what motivation is you know if you're doing something which is really of interest to you and you are really really passionate about that you would not need the motivation for that no it will just come to you naturally you will not feel the monday morning blues you know um, thinking of monday uh, on a sunday evening because you would be then waiting anxiously for sunday to end so you could do more of what you love so uh, so yeah i think uh, it's it's just a matter of choosing and identifying the right areas that you really adore, which gives you internal happiness, which gives you a feeling of satisfaction, which gives you a purpose that you achieved something by doing this. Um, and hence that that drives motivation from within you. And if you're getting stuck into something you don't love, um, I think that's again a very vicious circle because you're doing something because that's paying your bills. You have to pay your bills so you continue doing these things. You know, so it's it's a very vicious circle. It just all the energy, all the energy out of you. You know, so um, so I think be careful. With with what you want um, and I think motivation will follow if you're just choosing what you really love to do. I think if you're motivated enough to do something or achieve something, the days don't matter. Be it a Sunday or a Monday, you just want to do it. So, so, you, so, so you've worked in various great organizations throughout your career. So what do you think are the benefits of switching over companies rather than spending many years in one single company? I have differing views on this. Um, I think when you switch the organizations, there are quite a few benefits benefits that you derive by that switch, you know, because working for one organization, you get used to working in a similar fashion for a very long period in time. But when you switch the industries or the companies in that case, you tend to develop a lot of new skills. A new company may work in a different fashion. You may require to alter your working style. <clears throat> so you develop those new skills in that case. Um, you also learn to adapt to working in different circumstances. I may have been working with one organization. Uh, I'm in my comfort zone. I work eight, nine hours. 
I'm pretty good with my work. I can finish off in a ziffy, in a jiffy. And um, I'm good with that. The moment I switch organization, I may need to work extended hours. I may need to work with different set of people who may not understand the same um, method in which I work. I may have to build my relationship with them. And I think all of these factors are um, talking of adaptability, which you learn when you switch organizations because you've got to change yourself from within. You've got to adapt and adjust yourself to the way the organization needs you. And while doing that, parallelly make a place for yourself and your working style also. So from that perspective, there are quite a few diverse benefits which you get out of this. And I think you get to also control your career, you know, because uh, you don't need only one organization to decide for your career if you've given your entire life to it, you know. So if you are taking those decisions, if you are proactive of deciding what's good for your career, and if you are choosing the right opportunities for you, then I think you're taking the charge of your career in your own hands, which I think is a great um, uplifting factor for any professional, you know. Right, right. So you've worked in different organizations and all of them must be at a different age group. So what are your top three financial skills a person should know in their 20s, 30s and 40s and later on? Okay. Um, see, 20s, 30s or 40s, I think these um, financial skills as soon or as early a person learns I think beneficial for a very long period in time I cannot elaborate enough on this I've been speaking to a lot of young finance professionals over the weekends you know uh, that I talked to where either they are dependent on a single source of income or they have no idea of personal finance they don't know how to manage their money um, so number one I think I would say is the personal finance you, you don't I mean you don't need to depend on your parents or your friends to manage your money you need to take control of them learn about investing, learn to track your income, your expenses, how you can optimize your savings, how you can invest that better, learn about where you're spending majority of your money, um, and then try and build a plan and start to structure your income and expenses in line with your uh, long-term budgeting or the goal that you've set for your future. Personal finance is a must learn for every professional 20s, 30s or 40s, doesn't matter what age group you are in. The earlier, the better. And uh, I also genuinely believe as part of personal finance um, the the concept of compounding because your money grows over time you know even if you don't do anything with that money if you put that investment in a decently growing instrument then the money keeps growing for you at a very rapid pace so um, um, by the time you reach your mid 30s early 40s the early investment makes you financially free and you have that mental block going away that you need to trade your time for money henceforth because you built a good corpus by then so I think uh, one skill very important is learning personal finance. Um, another associated one is, which I again briefly touched upon, is don't depend on a single source of income. It may sound a little debatable that people may assume that you start working two jobs or three jobs, which may be unethical. That's not what I'm recommending. All I'm saying is if you have a salary income as your primary source, or if you have a business income that you work on, always create alternate passive sources of income. It could be stock market. It could be any side hustle that you can do over the weekend. It could be royalty income. It could be content creation these days, which is pretty easy. Yeah, you can leverage your strength areas as well. Um, one of my ex-colleague is a great poet. Uh, he's again a finance professional, but he does amazing poetry. So he's come on YouTube now. He's talking of his poetry, where he gets his inspiration from. He talks, uh, he, he explains his poetry, its meaning. It goes really deep into that. And once he builds a community out of people who love poetry, then he can obviously look at monetizing that as well. Similarly, if you're a good dancer, 
answer if you um, um, if you are um, if you know a third language as well or a fourth language as well. Then you can always look at opportunities of how you can teach someone else to dance over the weekend, uh, or you can you know there are plenty of uh, websites these days where you can go and you know teach people how to maybe learn you teach them German or French or whatever language you know in that. So always utilize your area of strength to create a passive source of income so that you're not just dependent on a single source because that will take a lot of burden away from you in that case if you have another source of income um lastly i think the third advice i would like to give to people in their 20s 30s or in 40 40s um in the 40s is um learn the concept of paying yourself first um what does that mean you know we um get our salaries we spend every month we start you know uh, paying out our rentals and emis and monthly expenses etc etc and by the time we reach 15th of every month in some cases 7th as well that we are done with all the monies in our account left with nothing you know so i think the concept of paying yourself first comes in where it says that you first take out the money for your savings which can be put into either the emergency fund that you can create or the investments that you do either in mutual funds or stocks or crypto or whatever it is but pay to yourself that 15 20% of your income first and then after which start managing all the other expenses of yours um this can over time become a habit of yours so right now the salary or the business income may be small but as you build this habit of taking away 20% right on day 1 as you grow in your careers your salary packages start to go up this habit stays with you and you always end up putting more money towards your investment pool or the emergency fund pool which always gives you an extra cushion in the future for any needs that you may require it for so um learn personal finance very important um don't depend on single source of income and pay yourself first are the only three things which i would like to you know advise any professional to learn in terms of having good financial skills thank you thank you so much this advice is like really really helpful so since you were talking about personal finance i think my last question for today today is going to be what is the youngest age a person can start learning about personal finance um as early as possible um one of my very close childhood friend his daughter is 10 and he keeps giving the concept of stock market how he invests to her at this early tender age itself not that he is asking her to invest her pocket money into that but at least he is putting in all the information and knowledge into her right from the early age and i completely uh, you know uh, resonate with this thought process because by the time you reach 20 and if you start inculcating all these into yourself as learnings then i think you've got added responsibilities and pressures from your work from other things you're doing that it probably some times take the back seat so um typically i think the knowledge should start coming in at a very early stage maybe once you hit your teens start to at least um talk about that as parents you know you can talk to the kids or um you know maybe um even students as well right now in that case start speaking to elders about you know financial planning and what financial tools they adopt and how did they manage their uh, you know whole life budgeting plans and stuff but um i think the day you start earning your first rupee i think from that point itself you need to learn to invest like i mentioned the 20% uh, of your salary to go into savings there's a very important concept of a 50 30 and 20 which says you take 50% of your income for all your needs something which you cannot push forth which you cannot delay your like i said your grocery expenses your rentals or your emis which are your needs the balance 30% you keep for your wants 
you may want to pursue some higher education, you may want to buy um, a phone or any of the other wants, some entertainment or travel or whatever it is, the balance 30%, the balance 20% necessarily needs to go into savings. It can be more as well if you can, but the 50, 30 and 20 rule recommends that you put 20% of your salary income or your business income every month into the investments that you do. So um, right from day one, when you start earning, start adopting this habit and uh, over the course of next few years when your salary grows you will have a more pool you know to invest into um, that that the whole corpus building that you're doing right now for your future so no um, no age per se but the day you start earning start investing and once you hit your teens start learning more about you know the financial planning and uh, personal finances i was actually taught about personal finance when i was little i don't remember what age but even today i try to save a part of my pocket money so i can invest so i'm always independent in that sense Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. And we've truly learned a lot about personal finance as well as career prospects and finance. It's been a pleasure, Sana. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I hope this session was insightful to all our listeners. Follow us on Instagram at finical.magazine for more finance, business, economics, and management-related content. Stay tuned for more episodes.